0: We are going to have our reading now. Um, As we sort of close one series, we look to go into this new series. And so we finish our summer series in the Psalms, but it's actually the first part of our vision series. And so Ariadne is going to read, and then um, Tom, the associate, is going to come bring the word for us today.
1: The reading is taken from Psalm 63, page 579. A psalm of David, when he was in the desert of Judah. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Here ends the reading.
0: Thank you so much, um, Ariadna, for reading to us. Good to be here this morning. As Will said, my name's Tom. Uh, I help to lead the church here. Great to be sharing on this wonderful passage. Now, I'd love you to turn to the person next to you and share what is the first thing in the morning when you get up, what's the first thing you drink? Is it coffee? Is it juice? Is it water? Uh, Share it with your neighbour. Amazing. I'm all about the coffee. I can't, I can't start the day without it. Those who work with me will testify to that. Um, I'm going to be talking to you this morning about where we can find true fulfilment. Whatever it is we're drinking, where can we find true fulfilment? Now, this week we had a minor disaster in our house. I came home from work on Tuesday night and my, uh, our eight-year-old Jess um, greeted me at the door with tears in her eyes, cradling something in her hands. And it was her watch, And she said, Daddy, it's broken. And I was like, oh, no, I was heartbroken for her. She's had the watch since she was four. So being eight, that's half her life. You know, it's it's a big deal. Something's broken. So um, after soothing the tears, I took the watch from her, had a look. And I quickly realized, actually, this is okay. It's just the buckle that's broken. The watch is fine. So I said to her, don't worry, Jess. I'm sure we can make this work. So Megan and I reached to every parent's best friend's Amazon and YouTube, okay? And within, within 30 seconds, there's no word of a within 30 seconds, I had found a video that showed you how to change a watch buckle. And Megan had tracked down on Amazon the exact part that we needed for her particular watch. And, and she'd ordered it to arrive by 1 o'clock the next day, 1 p.m. So given this was 6 p.m. the day before, we were pretty impressed with ourselves. We were thinking we were winning some parenting awards. The marvels of modern living, hey? So, we were expecting this flood of gratitude from Jess. We thought, oh, this is gonna, she's going to be so grateful. We're going to fix her watch for her. So, Megan turned to her with a reassuring look in her eyes and said, Don't worry. By lunchtime tomorrow, it's all going to be fixed. With tears still in her eyes, Jess looked back at Megan and sort of sniffed and said, I think I can wait that long. <laughs> Hold on a second. That is not the right response. We were expecting to be kind of greeted as heroes for fixing it so quickly. Um, So I needed to make sure that Jess understood how lucky she was to have two such good parents. I said, Jess, when I was your age... I would have had to have taken my watch, walk down to town, taken my watch to like a watch shop and said to a person in the watch shop, can you fix it? He probably would have said, no, I can't fix that watch. You need to go to a watch in the next town. So we'd have had to have drive, driven to the next town the next day. And that person probably would have said, well, we can fix it, but we haven't got the part. So we're going to have to order it in. It's going to be two weeks. And then we come back in two weeks. and say, Sorry, it's not coming yet. You go, wait another week. He finally fixes it. Six weeks later, you get your watch back. So I said all this to her, expecting, again, some sort of hero worship. But it was like I was speaking a different language. She just could not compute that you would ever have to wait that long for anything. But that, you know what, that is our reality now, isn't it? Everything we need is available at the touch of a screen or the click of a button. There is an app for everything. There is a subscription for everything. If you want films or TV shows, Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. If you want your shopping to arrive almost instantly, Amazon Prime again. If you want to get fitter, there's Apple Fitness, Strava, there's Nike Run Club, there's all these amazing apps. We have never had more choice and more instant availability. We truly have the good life, don't we? So why then? Are we becoming more and more unhappy? Have a look at this headline from a couple of months ago in the Times. It was based on some recent research. Why is the world getting sadder? It basically says that across the world, whatever your age, whatever your income level, um, one in three of us now are reporting poor mental health. We're becoming more and more unhappy and feeling more and more unfulfilled. I wondered this morning if that's you do you feel unfulfilled? Do you feel thirsty for something more? Well, if so, I have some good news for you because I can promise that in these 11 verses that we've heard read to us this morning, there is the key to finding true fulfilment. So I want to encourage you, have your Bible open. We're going to be on page 579 uh, and we're going to be tracking this text together. And throughout the summer, we've been in this series on the Psalms, as Will mentioned. And the Psalms, if you don't know, basically a series of poems, a lot of them were written by King David of Israel 3,000 or so years ago. And they help us, they give us a window into David's response to different seasons of his life. So we've been hearing about how he responded when he was sad, when he was afraid, when he sinned. And this Psalm, Psalm 63, is all about David's response to coming under attack. Because he wrote this letter just after his own son... Absalom had basically launched a coup to completely dethrone him. And this was a successful coup. Absalom basically won over the people and the army, and he overthrew his own fa- father. And David knows, before he writes this psalm he knows that if he's going to stand any chance of surviving, he and his whole family are going to have to flee from Jerusalem, from the palace immediately, because otherwise the family is going to be massacred. He has no choice but to run and hide in the desert so that Absalom can't find him. That's why he writes in verse 1, you gods are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So that's what he's saying, he's saying I'm in this, he's literally in the desert, a dry and parched land. And he must have been at his wits end, mustn't he? You know his own son had turned against him, had launched this coup, had overthrown him, the people had deserted him. They wanted Absalom to be king. The army had deserted him, and he'd had to leave his home, his comforts, the seat of his authority, and live in this dry and parched land. And yet, what do you notice here? In the desert, in the place of desperation, what does David long for? Does he yearn for the palace, the throne, the jewels, the servants, the wives, the hot baths? does he yearn for power? No, in the midst of the desert, the only thing that David yearns for is the presence of the Lord. He says, earnestly, I seek you. My whole being longs for you. Now, remember, this was a man who'd basically done everything. You know, when he was a boy, he was plucked out of complete obscurity. He was a shepherd. He was brought him from the fields and put, told he was chosen as the next king of Israel. And then as a teenager, you know, he, he, he killed a giant um, in front of a whole army and conquered a nation because of his bravery to stand up to this giant that nobody else would stand up to. And then, and then as an adult, he'd been given a royal palace and an authority over a whole kingdom. David had experienced everything that life had to offer. And yet in this moment, when all of it was stripped away, the only thing he thirsted for was the presence of the living God. He's tasted the good life, but all he wants is the God life. So far, so good. I mean, that's great for David, isn't it? But none of us are kind of living in a desert land. None of us uh, have our enemies kind of surrounding us. So how how is it relevant to our lives? How is it true for us? Well, let me ask you this morning. What if the desert is our home, but we don't realize it? What if we are surrounded on every side by our enemies, but they're hiding in plain sight? Listen to what the actor Jim Carrey said. You probably know him from loads of films Truman Show, Liar, Liar. You know, he's in lots of stuff. This is what he said a few years ago. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. I wonder, do you ever get that thing where you're like, you're thinking of buying something, or you're thinking of doing something, and then you, you're on your phone, and then everything that turns up on your phone within the next few hours or days is all about that thing that you've been thinking about. Do you ever get that? I had it recently with, um, we had a problem with ant nests in our in our garden. And so I went onto Amazon and was searching for like ant traps. And then I, within like a few hours, my, everything that I looked at online was just filled with stuff about ants and like um, ant traps and pest controllers and lawn products. And before I knew it, I was watching like a 30-second video about how to go from ant nest to the perfect lawn. We get bombarded with this stuff all the time, don't we? Do we even realise it? I nearly took out a subscription for this thing called Sew and Mow as a result. Like, it's really clever. It gets in your head. But it all means that we have to buy the next product, doesn't it? It all means that we have to get the latest social media app. We have to take out a subscription to the next streaming service or watch the show that everyone's talking about on Monday morning. This is the world's way of promising that the more stuff we have, the more things we do, the happier we're going to be. But let me ask you, does the world deliver on that promise? Remember that survey I showed at the beginning about it? getting sadder. I think Jim Carrey's got a point. The reality is that when we pursue products and pleasure and stuff, it just leads further and further into the desert. We just get thirstier and thirstier. Whether we realise it or not, just like David, we are in the desert. We are surrounded by our enemies on every side who want to steal our life and our joy. And we're getting more and more thirsty every day. So that's the problem then. What's the solution? And here is where we get to the good news. Because David points us here to where us thirsty people can go and get a real drink. Look at what he says. Um, There are two big clues that he writes to us. And the first is in verse 1. He says... You, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you. Earnestly I seek you. And the word earnestly is not, it's not a word we use much nowadays in English, is it? It's a bit of a, a strange word. But actually, in, in the Hebrew that David's writing in, the word is a bit of a double meaning. It's, it's a word mishah, which means a bit more than earnestly. It's the same word that means at dawn. So it's a bit of a double meaning. And so David really is saying here, I'm so thirsty, Lord, that I'm going to rise at dawn. Before the sun comes up, and I'm going to spend time in your presence, I'm going to drink from the living source. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time in the word, looking for you, listening for you. David knows that the only thing he can do in this parched wasteland is to come back and drink from the source of life. So that's the first clue about being up at dawn. The second clue is in verse 6. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches." Of the night. So not only does David start his day by seeking the Lord, he ends his day by being in the presence of the Lord and reminding himself of God's goodness and faithfulness. The first person and the last person that David speaks to every day is God. He knows that's the only way that he can survive. He knows that anything else will just make him thirstier and thirstier. I've been really challenged on this recently. Because more often than not, I think the first thing I do in the morning is reach for my phone. Does anybody else to do that? You know, I need to catch up with all the news that's been going on overnight. So I'm on Twitter or X or whatever it's called nowadays. Um, I'm on my Instagram feed and my Facebook feeds. I'm not young or cool enough for TikTok. I'm not on that. But then I'm on BBC News. And then I'm on, you know, sitting there, I've got to read the Times. or whatever, You know, it's the next thing. And then before I know it, I've had my breakfast. It's time to get up, got to go to work. And I've just filled myself with more of the world. I've made myself more thirsty. And then at bedtime, I'm tired after a long day. So um, of course, I have to catch up on everything that's been going on during the day. So I look at my social media again. Maybe I'm scrolling through ad- adverts on Amazon for more ant traps or something like that. Um, maybe somebody's birthday's coming up. So I have to look at gift ideas. Obviously, the perfect time to do that is 10.30 at night. Um, I'm. I'm. Finally, after doing that, I, you know, I, I then think, well, oh, I need to switch off now. So I'm going to just watch something on Netflix or, or iPlayer. And suddenly it's 11:30, and I'm going to sleep thirsty again. I'm parched. So more recently, I've tried a different approach. I've tried getting up earlier. You know, earlier even than my children, who get up at half past six. So I set my alarm every day for half past five which is costly. You know, as every, anybody knows, but particularly a parent small children, you know, losing your lion is a costly thing. But it also means that the first thing that I do every day is spend time in the Word. I spend time in the presence of God. I spend time just listening to Him, asking Him to refresh me, that Word again, refresh me, and being filled with the Spirit. I come and drink from the real source. And then last thing before we go to sleep, Megan and I always try and just pray together and hold before the Lord the things that are occupying our thoughts and our anxieties, and our fears, and we just lift them to the Lord, and we remind ourselves of his goodness and his faithfulness to us. And we're definitely not perfect. There are lots of days when I fail at this. You know, I just hit snooze on my alarm, or I just ignore it altogether. Um, But I can say this. I really notice the positive difference it makes when I give my morning and my night to the Lord. It means that instead of my day being shaped by my fears or my selfish thoughts, it's shaped by God's covenant love for me. And friends, that's a big win, isn't it? That's a huge win because that is the key here. That's the key to fulfilment. That is what David is leading us to. Look at what he says in verse 3. Because your love is better than life. My lips will praise you. The love of God isn't just better than anything that the world offers us. It's better than life itself. David had lived a good life. He'd experienced everything there was to experience. But all he wanted was the God life. And he's telling us how we can have it as well. Listen to the words of Jesus from John's Gospel. John 7, verse 38. He says, Whoever believes in me as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It says by this he meant the Spirit. Rivers of living water will flow within whoever believes in Jesus. That's why Jesus died. That's why he came. That's why he conquered our sin and death on the cross, because he wanted to restore us into relationship with the source of life, the living water You know, this term at LPC, we're going to be giving more thought to how we can do this. That's why we're going to be running deeper on a Tuesday evening as well, alongside Alpha, because we want to go deeper into the source of life. That's why we're running two Alpha courses, because we want to share this source of life with those who don't yet know. We want to invite people into it. But as I finish this morning, I just have one more piece of good news for you. And this really is the cherry on the icing, on the cake. Because when we say yes to Jesus, when we give him our morning and our night, God promises to fill us every day to overflowing with his spirit, that living water. And the Holy Spirit isn't a life hack or a great app or a new subscription to something that we're never going to use. He is the giver of life. We say that in the creed, Holy Spirit, giver of life. And every time that we rest in his presence, we are fully refreshed. We are truly fulfilled. He gives us everything that the world promises and so much more. You know, David might have conquered nations and slain giants and had a throne and a palace and a kingdom, but even he didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit in the way that we are. Isn't that amazing? That's our reality if we want it. We can have all the experiences in the world. We can have all the gadgets and all of the subscriptions, but none of it can ever get close to fulfilling us. We can try to live the good life, but it will never, ever compare to the God life. So this morning, are you here thirsty? Are you parched? Are you dry? Are you unfulfilled? Are you in the desert place? Maybe you're in the middle of a relationship breakdown. Maybe you're in the grip of an addiction. Maybe you're grieving. And nothing that the world can offer is getting close to helping We'll hear the good news this morning that through the love of Jesus, the life of the Spirit, the Father gives you an endless, unstopping, life-giving supply of water. As Will said, this is a season to be refreshed, to reset, to press in, to make Jesus your first thought in the morning and your last thought at night, not because it earns us points, but because it's life-giving. Like David, you can find true fulfillment by coming back to the source. However much you've been drawn into trying to live the good life, this morning you have a choice. You can recommit. You can say, I want to live the God life. Amen. There's an opportunity for all of us to respond now. This word is for... Every single one of us, doesn't matter where we are. So let's stand together as we do that. We're going to invite the Spirit to come. We're going to all be refreshed, no matter where we are, whether we're coming in full of life or dry and parched. We're going to take a moment to do that. You might want to. Um, you might find it helpful just to close your eyes at this point and maybe hold out your hands, just a sign that you're wanting to receive. You're wanting him to come and fill you with his life-giving love just to remove all the distractions. So we pray, come, Holy Spirit, giver of life. Come, Holy Spirit. Like springs in the desert. Like water on dry grounds. Like a a well overflowing. Come and fill us. Come and fill us. Just as we wait on him, I have a sense... Um, Someone brought a word before the service about um, God wanting to speak that he is enough for you. For those of you here this morning who know you aren't enough, he wants to remind you that he is and he will always be. Receive that truth this morning. For others of us, maybe we're coming in, and everything seems to overwhelm. And and um, perhaps you you've had a, you've had great plans in place, and they've all just fallen through. They've all collapsed. But the Lord wants to remind you that He is the source of life, and His plan for you is more perfect than any plan you could ever make for yourself. We just ask for more of you, Holy Spirit. More of you. As we receive as we worship, as we press in, as we reset, as we are refreshed. As we continue to receive from him, the band are just going to start playing quietly and we're going to worship. But there's an opportunity for um for us to receive more of him. We can stay where you are, or you can come forward. There's some folks here who just, you just love to be blessed and, and receive that blessing over you for more of that spirit giving life and it's going to be folks over here to my left ready to pray with you whatever it is whatever situation you're in come and just have someone come alongside you they're not going to preach to you they're not going to say anything complicated they're just going to hold you before the Lord and pray for you if you want to receive the more of that life-giving love come forward and receive today as we have a team ready to um, ready to pray with you